0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Joe Collins. This is my wife, Lynette, and our family. And uh, we just want to welcome you this morning to our Christmas service. It is the first time uh, Simi Church is having a Christmas service. So, (laughs) welcome. Welcome.
1: We are all about family, so we're going to have a lot of families come together and read and pray and spend time together. And we just wanted all of you guys to see uh, how much we really do support families here. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and a great holiday season. And thank you for so much for coming to worship and, we, and focus on Jesus today.
0: Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for uh, this great time of year, this great season. And uh, it really is special to be able to honor you and worship you And to say thank you for sending your greatest gift, Jesus Christ, into this world. I pray that today we just, we give you our attention and we give you our worship. And Father, that we leave here encouraged and refreshed and connected to you and to one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to worship this morning through singing. We're going to worship through some readings. uh, Not from the Bible, but but spiritual readings based on passages in the Bible. And we're also going to worship today through some videos. We've got several different videos. So we have a lot going on. The first video is a little bit of a lighthearted one, and it's just to get us in the right frame of mind for today. It's to prepare us for our worship. So enjoy the video and enjoy our worship time today.
2: Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. I'm Robert Phipps, and this is my wife, Maria, and my girls, Elena and Julia, and we're going to be reading A Christmas Request.
3: A Christmas Request. Before we had anything to offer him, before we lifted our voices in praise, or our hands into his work before we opened a bible or walked into a church building in fact even before we were ever created god was pursuing us with his love
4: we don't deserve the love of god we are gossips and worriers we are lazy and irritable we are controlled by our lusts and our appetites We search after everything but God and turn our backs on him at every turn. And he still comes after us, chasing us, pursuing us with his unending love.
1: His love was announced by a baby in a manger. His love was proven by his body on a cross. At this time, in this place... Let us dwell on that love. Let us put aside thoughts of trees, presents, malls, and meals, and focus on God's pursuing love.
2: God is pursuing you right now. He knows you. He knows your thoughts and your actions. He is close to you, dwelling with you, delighting in you, and he loves you. Today, God is reminding you of that love. Right now, he is reaching out to you and wanting you to drink deep of him and his love for you. No matter where you come from, no matter what is going on in your life, or who has let you down or abandoned you, God has brought you here to say, I love you.
5: Gonna make a wish this Christmas Gonna say a little prayer gonna stop you for a moment, before the moment disappears. The world's in a hurry this December. City streets and shopping malls. I wish we could slow down. That you love. Make sure they. Know you call them Back to the heart, the heart of Christmas. Live while you can.
6: Cherish the moment, the ones that you love. Make sure they.
5: transition to our worship
7: good morning everyone my name is jack shirk this is my beautiful daughter madison and we're going to be reading the promise ever since the fall of man in the garden of eden all creation has awaited its savior the promised seed that would one day restore the paradise season after season it was it has waited century after century millennium after millennium Dormant but expected. The hope of the Savior is a universal longing. In pagan myths, an echo of that hope, however distant or muffled, can be heard. In ancient le- legends, a glimpse of that dream, however vague or distorted, can be seen. Within Israel, the hope was more distant or distinct, excuse me. The dream more vivid. It was the hope of every expected mother. And the dream of every pacing father, the dream of a savior, and the hope that he would once that he would come soon.
3: Over the centuries, the identity of the Savior was progressively revealed. A paragraph of a paragraph of the promise was shown to Abraham, revealing that the Savior would come from his line and be a blessing to all the world. A thousand years later, another portion of the promise was revealed. He would be a descendant of David, and here to king's throne. Prophet by prophet, the Savior's features grew more and more distinct. As he was revealed, a word at a time, a sentence at an image, an image at a time. The prophet Isaiah foretold, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And again Isaiah revealed, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, and light was dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
7: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, You are a great God, and we are so happy to be able to worship and partake in your awesome promise that you have given to us all. This is the promise of our hope, the promise of our Savior, Jesus, our Lord and King, the reason for Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
8: Good morning. Uh, I'm Quentin Cochran, and I'm up here with uh, Zachary Neergarter, Nate Hicks, and Alex Garcia, and they will be doing the reading of The Wise Men.
9: Suppose you could give a gift to Christ, what would it be? How could you possibly select a gift for the one who not only has everything, but who made everything? The wise men did. They can be an example to us. In addition to the gold, frankincense, and murph, they gave the Savior some gifts we can give them today their hope, their time, and their worship. The wandering wise men gave Jesus their hope. When everyone else saw a night sky, this small band of men saw the light. The sight of the stars sparkled a desire in their hearts that sent them packing. They went seeking Jesus. When night comes to your world, what do you see? The darkness or the stars? Hopelessness or hopefulness? Sometimes, just as he did so long ago, God used the darkness to reveal his stars. The light shines in the darkness. If your heart has been shadowed by the darkness or loneliness or grief or disappointment, look for the light that only he can give. I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. This Christmas, give God your hope. Okay.
3: While well, <laughs> well, you're giving Give God your time, the wise men did. Before they gave their presence, they gave their presence. It's likely that the men travel as long as two years before locating the Prince of Heaven. Before that one incredible moment when they knelt before Jesus, the wise men spent many moments, months, perhaps even years, searching in anticipation of that one meeting. Just as the wise men devoted themselves to seeking the Savior, so can you. You will seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. And when they did find him, the wise men gave Jesus another gift, their worship.
4: It's probable that these men; these were men of wealth. It's likely these men had influence. They must have had intellect. Men of wealth, influence, and in intellect. What did they do when they saw Jesus? They fell down and worshipped him. Worship is a gift that extends to the giver as well. Through worship, we come to see God more clearly. God invites us through worship to see His face so He can change ours. He loves to change the faces of His children. In worship, we simply stand before God with a prepared and willing heart, and let God do His work. And He does. By his fingers, wrinkles of worry are rubbed away. Shadows of shame and doubt become portraits of grace and trust. He relaxes clenched jaws with, and smooths furrowed brows. He touches our cheeks and wipes away the tears. The gifts of hope, time, and worship. Three gifts the wise still give.
8: Our heads. Uh, good morning, Father. Thank you so much for this beautiful service that we're having. <clears throat> uh, help us, God, to really devote our time to you, to uh, be putting all of our hope in you, God, and to, just like these wise men did, where they, they search the desert for, for Jesus, God, not knowing if they'll actually find him, and just bringing their love to him, God, Uh, hopefully that we can do the same for you, just devoting ourselves to you, God. And um, thank you for filling up this room with such wonderful people, God, that love you and worship you with all their hearts. Uh, Help us, God, to remember you throughout this uh, this time of the year and to really be giving not for ourselves but for others, God. In your son's name, amen. Well,
2: good morning. My name is Darren Vasquez, and this is my... uh lovely wife and handsome sons (laughs) so this is jenny and ian cole and bodie and we're going to be reading the shepherds the first evangelists were shepherds it was a task for which they had no skill no special gift no theological teaching or individual training what they had and all they had was a divine encounter the shepherds live in a gypsy encampment outside bethlehem They are a shunned minority. Because of their profession, they are unable to observe the orthodox ritual of washings. Consequently, they are considered unclean. Because they they are untutored in the law, they are considered ignorant. Because they are without roots in the community, they are considered suspect. This knot of shepherds on the fringe of society spends the night watching the flocks huddled around a fire. The night is clear clear the moon full and bright. The sky is studded with stars and the air pungent with the scent of sheep. Except for a few faraway bleats, the hillside is quiet.
9: The fire is almost out when suddenly the curtain of the night is parted by an angel spilling the glory of heaven everywhere. The incandescent light awakens the men who are on their faces, trembling, covering themselves with their coats. Though the appearance of the angel is terrifying, the utterance of his words is not. Don't be afraid, he assured them. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. From within their coats, their eyes steal a glance. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Prophets had foretold of the Savior, kings had looked forward to his rule, and the birth of each baby boy had kept the hope of his coming alive. From peasants to patriarchs, all Israel awaited him. At last,
4: could the time be now? Could the place be here? Could it be him?
3: You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. The curtain of heaven opens wider, revealing a company of angels. Their voices join together in a chorus of praise. Glory to God in the highest, and on
4: earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests.
10: Imagine what has happened. On these earthiest of men, the favor of heaven has come to rest. To them, the glory of the Lord has been revealed, glory that had not been witnessed in Israel for hundreds of years. To the to the good news, hidden since the foundation of the world, has been cro- proclaimed. Who would have ever considered the birth announcement of the of God's Son to be sent to them? To them, unclean, ignorant, suspect. The shepherds stumble over each other and run to Bethlehem, searching stable after stable. At last, they find the one where the child has been born. As they enter, the walls of the stable are awash with shadow, and the faces of the shepherds are awash with awe. There he is, just as the angel said, wrapped in strips of cloth and lying there amid the straw, with white cloths wound so tightly around him. He he looks to them like a newborn lamb, so fitting that the news of the birth of the Lamb of God would come to shepherds, that the reception would be hosted in a stable, blessed are the meek.
11: That's why the announcement went first to the shepherds. They didn't ask God if he was sure he knew what he was doing. Had he gone to the theologians, they would have first consulted their commentaries. Had he gone to the elite, they would have looked around to see if anyone was watching. Had he gone to the successful, they would have first looked at their calendars. So he went to the shepherds, unclean, ignorant, suspect. Men who didn't have a reputation to protect or an axe to grind, or a ladder to climb. Men who didn't know enough to tell God that messiahs aren't found in a feeding trough. So while the theologians were sleeping, and the elite were dreaming, and the successful were snoring, the meek were kneeling. They were kneeling before the one. Only the meek will see they were kneeling in front of Jesus.
2: Let's go ahead and print. Father, uh, we thank you so much just for the incredible plan that you uh, revealed uh, just to the world. At that time, it was Jesus, the birth of him, and the message that you sent it through was incredible. I mean, the humble circumstances, uh, the, the shepherds that you sent to, to go and worship, uh, Jesus was incredible. And we thank you so much just for your incredible love that you have and you show for us. In Jesus' name.
6: Christ is born, and all the children sing hallelujah, he is Christ the Lord.
5: This time we're going to transition to our communion and prepare our hearts to take the Lord's
12: But you're here I don't know how long I'm gonna have you for But I'll be watching when you change the world Look at your hands, it's still so small Someday you're gonna stretch them out I'm holding you so near. Oh, I'm staring into the face of my Savior, King and Creator. You could have left us on our own, but You're here. You're here. Someday I'm gonna look back. On i
1: My name is Deborah Jackson, and this is my friend and sister in Christ, Ethel Evans. We're going to uh, read Mary's Prayer. God, O infant God, heaven's fairest child, conceived by the union of divine grace with our disgrace, sleep well in my embrace. Enjoy the coolness of this night, for the heat of anger simmers, simmers nearby. Enjoy the silence of the crib, for the noise of confusion rumbles in your future. Savor the sweet safety of my arms, for a day is soon coming when I cannot protect you. Rest well, tiny hands, for though you belong to a king, you you will touch no satin, own no gold, you will grasp no pen, guide no brush, hold no scepter, nor wave from a balcony, a palace balcony. Because your hands are reserved for works far more precious, to touch a leper, to wipe a widow's tear, to claw the ground of Gethsemane and receive a Roman spike. Sleep deeply, tiny eyes, sleep while you can, for soon the blurriness will clear and you will see the mess we have made of your world. You will see our nakedness, for we cannot hide. You will see our selfishness, for we cannot give. You will see our pain, for we cannot heal. Sleep, please sleep while you can.
11: Lie still, tiny mouth. Lie still, mouth from which eternity will speak. That will soon summon the dead, define grace, and silence our foolishness. Lips that will speak forgiveness to those who believe you. In the palm of my hand, rest. For many difficult steps lie ahead for you. Do you know the paths you will take? Do you feel the cold sea water upon which you will walk? Do you wrench at the invasion of the nail you will bear? Rest, tiny feet. Rest today so that tomorrow you might walk with power. For millions will follow in your steps. And little heart, holy heart, pumping the blood of life through the universe. How many times will we break you? You'll be torn by the thorns of our accusations. You'll be ravaged by the cancer of our sin. You'll be crushed under the weight of your own sorrow, and you'll be pierced by the spear of our rejection. Yet, in that piercing, in that ultimate ripping of muscle and membrane, in that final rush of blood and water, you will find rest. Your hands will be freed, your eyes will see justice, your lips will smile, and your feet will carry you home. And there, you'll rest again this time in the embrace of your Father. At this time, we will be taking communion, and during the passing, we will have a moment of silence, of meditation, or personal prayer.
13: Sigh to a blind man, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hands? Baby boy, someday, all the nations. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did, did you, you know?
0: We're gonna close out with uh, one solitary life. He was at the very least the most remarkable person to walk this earth. He came with words too incredible to believe and with wonders too incredible not to believe. His footsteps shook the world, leaving a crevasse across the centuries, separating the ones that stretched ahead of him from those that lay behind him. The prints left by those steps were made not by the boots of a soldier or by the tailored footwear of a senator. They were made by sandals, sandals as unaccustomed to the floors of marble as they were to the fields of battle. Who was the man who wore them? This man who wielded no sword, commanded no army? This man whose steps were so foreign to the corridors of power? Who was this man who changed the world, walking wherever he went in such ordinary sandals? His name is Jesus. Some know him as Savior." He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked as a carpenter, in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for a scant three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never held office. He never traveled more than a few hundred miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 When the tide of public opinion turned against him, his friends ran away. One of them denied him. Another betrayed him. He was turned over to his enemies and put through a mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth when he was dead. The only property he had on earth when he was dead. He was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 20 centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Artists have stood before him, seeing him in new revelations of beauty. Poets have stood before him and caught inspiration for their verse. Musicians have stood before him and worked the impressions which he made upon them into tones which lift the heart and set it dreaming. Philosophers have stood before him and meditated on the great ideas which found expression on his lips. Countless unlettered men and women, a great crowd of common folk, plain working people, descendants of the shepherds, that found, uh, descendants of the shepherds that heard the singing angels have bowed in adoration before him and have found rest from their weariness and strength in their weakness. Generation upon generation of men and women have stood before him, drinking inspiration with which to live their lives and to do their work.
3: Anyone and everyone who has stood before him With an honest, open heart, who have listened to the words and who had carefully observed his life, had been moved with all their hearts to cry out, Hallelujah, Jesus is Lord.